you are listening to the India Chalo podcast where each episode we relive the experiences of travelers who have journeyed across India and are here to inspire you our listeners into making the most of an extra trip stay tuned hello everyone namaste and welcome to a brand new episode of the India Chalo podcast where each episode we talk to a traveler from across the world and get into the details of their adventures across India to inspire you our listeners to make the most of your next trip. I am your host Rohan. I am so grateful that you've tuned in for another episode of the show. And I'm so excited and so thankful to each one of you who has submitted such positive feedback for our past episodes. It really keeps us going in reinforcing our purpose of the podcast to bring you such exciting content in the future as well. So thank you to each one of you. And now for today's guest For this episode I am speaking with Asmita Bhattacharya. Asmita is a management consultant based in Gurgaon and she's been an avid solo traveler for the past few years. Asmita and I talk about a wonderful trip across northeast India. Three places in particular, Tawang, Cherapunji and Shongpidang. Asmita and I get into the details of her adventures there about how she mingled with the locals there, about how she explored the places explored the culture the food by herself and what not it was an absolute delight speaking to asmita about her trip and i'm sure you'll enjoy the conversation as much as i did without much further ado i now bring you asmita bhattacharya asmita welcome to the india chalo podcast i'm so excited to have you here i have been following your adventures on Instagram and it's really an honor to have you on the podcast so thanks for coming on the show thank you so much it's entirely my pleasure thanks for inviting me for this i know we've taken some time to make this happen in reality but thank yes. you so much yes thanks a lot so i will have introduced you in the introduction to this episode but before we move on to discussing the trip why don't you give our listeners a small introduction of yourself where you yeah. from uh, what do you do and what brings you here all right sure thing so basically i am asmita asmita bhattacharya and currently i'm based out of gurgaon where i'm currently working full time as a management consultant mm-hmm. uh, i basically come from a bengali family but i've spent most of my time in fact all of my time outside of bengal i spent mm-hmm. my childhood in chhattisgarh and pretty much after my schooling days i've been in alabad or ahmedabad for my further studies and i've spent mm-hmm. some time in jamshedpur odisha and now here in delhi ncr so yeah it's great you must have had a lot of experiences in all these cities yes so, yes definitely yeah because of all these places i am the kind of person that i am now so i'm pretty much sure that all these places had something to do with that so definitely super thankful yeah what got you into travel in the first place what made you when did you go in your first trip and what made you do it sure thing so i think before i get to my first trip i have to give you some background into this like how mm-hmm. am i this traveler uh, at heart so basically when i was a kid my mother she had a small travel book which she would read to me at times and basically uh, she would talk about places that i had never heard of she would talk about the culture of the people who would come from those places so that had always intrigued me but yeah. during my schooling time because uh, we had 
certain uh, restrictions because my mom dad they wanted me and my brother to focus more on studies we wouldn't be spending a lot of time traveling mm-hmm. however we had been to a couple of uh, family trips but since then um, like even after i got to my college to my undergrad like because again uh, i would have limited budget as a student so i couldn't yeah. do in fact any travel at all during those four years mm-hmm. and after that even when i started working most of my friends either they would hang out with uh, you know their uh, uh, girlfriends boyfriends mm-hmm. when they are going yeah. out for a trip mm-hmm. or, um, or something or the other would happen because of which i couldn't travel a lot as much as mm-hmm. i would want to so yeah. that never really materialized but however when i was doing my post graduation i had to go for a four month long exchange program in europe and i think luckily now none of my friends were going for it so i didn't have a choice other than traveling solo in europe so i had to be my own company and see all of europe by my own self so that is how i was sort of pushed into solo traveling it was not really a choice at beginning but later once that happened i enjoyed the entire experience i realized the kind of journey that i had during those four months changed me a lot as a person i ended up becoming much more independent and that's how i kept on um, with that habit of traveling solo and yeah that's about that's it. amazing even my first solo trip was to europe so i can relate to your experience oh, completely awesome. <laughs> so yes. that must have been amazing so yes. tell us smita which place are you taking us to today yes so today i'm going to talk about my travel experience in northeast of india so wow. i haven't covered yeah. the entire of northeast india as of now mm-hmm. but i'd been to uh, tawang in arunachal pradesh and uh, to cherapunji and chnong pedang in meghalaya so these are the three places i'd visited during that trip of almost 11 day long uh, journey that's amazing i've heard a lot of good things about these places so i can't wait to hear about your experiences sure. so uh, how did you decide to go to these places first of all Okay so I always wanted to visit north east india because mm-hmm. uh, it is pretty much uh, a different world about which I never had much idea or knowledge about in fact uh-huh. when I was researching about these places I was not able to you know plan out a lot of things in advance because there was not information available online about these places right. um so going to north east was always in the back of my head but that never really materialized so um, in almost the end of 2018 uh, mm-hmm. around the diwali time i had a pretty good 11 day long travel window around uh-huh. the diwali time which uh, i could manage with just 3 days of work leave if i decided to go to any place so right. i just wanted to make good use of that and i decided that maybe it's the right time to you know make a plan for northeast india so that's how i went about it it was pretty much impromptu in fact mm-hmm. i remember that i booked my ticket just one day before the trip actually began wow. and i was in fact suffering from uh, food poisoning but i still decided to go ahead with this uh, journey yeah like the true traveler <laughs> uh, no matter what happens you have to go yeah so, because uh, i realized like later if i don't go for it i might regret it later <laughs> yeah absolutely because i wouldn't want to waste this long uh, of free time not traveling to some place that i would want to go to yeah So uh, this trip was from uh, where did you originate this trip So I started this from Delhi and uh-huh. uh, then I took a flight to Guwahati 
Mm-hmm. And initially, I went to Tawang in Arunachal Pradesh. And mm-hmm. uh, in fact, I also planned of visiting Mechuka in Arunachal Pradesh, but it is not very well connected with Tawang. And because of some other complications which happened there around the Diwali time, I couldn't make uh-huh. it. And after that, okay. I headed straight for uh, Meghalaya. I headed mm-hmm. for Cherapunji and then for Shnongpedang. And uh, is Tawang close to Guwahati Airport? No, not really. So from Guwahati, it almost takes 14 hours by road ah, till okay, Tawang. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I imagine you must have taken a bus or a private car. Yeah, so actually, uh, when I reached Guwahati, it was already pretty late in the night. So I had a mm-hmm. friend staying there in Guwahati. So I stayed at his place. And after that, the next morning, because as I told you, I didn't have much information about how to make this entire backpacking journey happen. So yeah. I was not very sure. So I took a bus to Tejpur. And my friend had told me that from Tejpur, I could get a shared taxi, shared uh, sumo rides from Tejpur uh-huh. to Bomdila. And from Bomdila, again, I'll have to look for a shared cab till uh, Tawang. So that was the plan. However, later I realized that I could have covered the entire journey in just one day. That uh, those kind of shared taxis also run on a daily basis from Tawang. Oh, interesting. So, okay. uh, sorry, okay. from Guwahati. Guwahati. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what you did in Tawang. Uh, Take us through what uh, a day you spent there. Okay, so um, basically uh, when I was going from Bomdila to Tawang, I met three Arunachali girls there uh, in the shared cab. And Mm -hmm. we started talking amongst ourselves and they got pretty interested by my idea of solo traveling. And I think they were a bit uh, worried about my safety and how was I going to stay. Because at that point in time, I hadn't even planned uh, where was I going to stay in Tawang. Uh So these girls, they were from Itanagar and they were visiting their uncle in Tawang. So they invited Mm -hmm. me to stay with them. Uh, I think they were just worried if I could manage with their way of eating, uh, which I was totally okay with. So I gladly accepted their offer. Yeah. Yeah. And there after uh, like reaching Tawang, uh, because I was aware of uh, having the inner line, uh, not the inner line permit. So inner line line permit is required for the whole of uh, Arunachal Pradesh. Mm -hmm. Whereas for going to uh, Bumla Pass, so Bumla Pass is the Indochina border. Uh, For going to that specific part of Tawang, one needs some other permit, which needs to be applied at least a day in advance. So we had applied for that uh, right away as soon as we reached Tawang. Uh, After reaching Tawang, we also had gone to visit the Tawang Gompa. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Tawang Monastery is the second largest monastery in the entire world and the largest monastery in India. Wow, okay. So, and in fact, uh, Tawang can be spotted from a very long distance only because of this monastery. So it looks like a cluster of yellow roofs. So I had to visit this place that very day. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. And after that, the next day, uh, me along with the three other Arunachali girls, we had gone for Bumla Pass. Mm-hmm. The temperature there was minus five degrees. And close to Bumla Pass, there's this lake. Uh, popularly, it's known as uh, Madhuri Lake because Madhuri Dikshit had performed some Bollywood number around that lake. Interesting. Uh, for for uh, the movie Koela. However, mm-hmm. its original name is Sangatsa Lake. So, and in fact, that is like one of the most beautiful lakes I've ever seen. And I think a lot had to do with the time of the year around which I had visited that place. So it was Mm -hmm. almost the autumn time and the entire place looked uh, covered in a red uh, 
it looked uh, totally covered in red and i think that added to the beauty of the lake and the place around um, that sounds beautiful yeah and... so this was my original plan for tawang but however mm-hmm. as i told you like some incident happened so uh, actually around the diwali time most of the drivers they were not driving from tawang to guwahati because of which there was a uh, shortage of shared cabs mm-hmm. either i had to book an entire cab for myself which was going to be super expensive so i decided against it mm-hmm. so i decided to wait for 2 3 more days and uh, as a result of which i explored some of uh, not very common places around tawang for example i went to a very small village called kitpi village where i went to a school i met the headmaster he had also shown me around his village around his house he offered me some home grown fruits for example i never known that there could be a orange colored variation of nashpati ever <laughs> wow and <laughs> yeah and also other than that he showed me some other uh, so there was this iron bridge which was uh, from the 15th century mm-hmm. and apparently it is one of the 108 bridges that are there in that region but apparently all the other bridges are right now in the chinese territory they are not a part of india currently <laughs> so that was quite interesting also i'd gone to jung waterfall where sharukh khan had apparently done some scene for the same movie oh, again <laughs> interesting interesting so, yeah yeah and and I this is all near the village you mentioned yeah so it, this is all pretty close to tawang but then uh-huh. i think if one has to you know visit all these places on their own they wouldn't be able to find uh, shared cabs at all so either okay. a person needs to book the entire uh, vehicle for uh, the entire day however mm-hmm. since i connected with this uh, headmaster of the school he decided to give me a lift and show me around the place so i uh, frankly speaking didn't have to spend much uh, and which again suited my travel budget so yes that's great so uh, tell us about the food culture in tawang how was the food there Yes so because uh, as i told you i was suffering from food poisoning initially so even though by the time i reached tawang i was all fine but i was uh, being a bit cautious about uh, my eating habits there mm-hmm. however these arunachali girls uh, with whom i was staying they would usually have very simple plain boiled food which i totally enjoyed i think the people over there are mostly into eating non veg so yeah. uh, they are not just restricted to chicken or mutton in fact i don't think uh, i'd seen much of mutton like dishes over there uh, okay. they do eat pork and the other kind of non veg meats that you can find over there which in fact i had also tried and those are quite nice in fact in the old market of tawang there are many good eating joints so you get a nice view of the mountains so there's a very giant buddha statue that you can see from almost all of tawang so you can see that uh, from the old market and you know the view is good and you get to enjoy nice momos fried rice and all that so the food is really nice and i think depending on what sort of food you want to go for you can get access to all different kind of cuisines whichever you want that's amazing i think uh, because there must be a lot of homestays there as well so the food also must be homely in nature I'm yeah in fact yeah. the one that i had like i was staying with these girls so i would always want to have the food that these girls were eating or cooking because i wanted to have the authentic uh, arunachali food so right. for example they would either be cooking fish or they'll be making some uh, i think those were spinach like 
leaves that they would mm-hmm. cook they would just boil it and eat it with rice so it all tasted very nice in fact when, even while traveling to tawang and back to Gurg- uh, back to guwahati uh, mm-hmm. i had eaten in uh, a couple of places and the food over there was like super clean i think that is one thing i want to highlight even though your food might not cost a lot it might not be heavy on your pocket but the food is like super clean and uh, you wouldn't feel like you're compromised with quality while you're eating there so mostly um, like in small places you won't have a lot of options uh, mm-hmm. about what you want to eat but generally most places they have thalis and those are around 50 to 100 bucks per plate and those are super clean and you get a lot of option plus unlimited refills so that's great i think for the uh, budget backpacker i think this will be music to the ears yes yes so, exactly yeah after the wang where did you go i think you went to cherapunji right yes so as uh, by the time i'd been in tawang i realized that i could you know avoid the extra long journey and i could take a straight route to guwahati without taking uh-huh. a stop at bomdela or derang so mm-hmm. that is what i went for i directly uh, left for guwahati i spent a night in guwahati and then the very next day very next morning i left for shillong and then uh, on reaching shillong i had to uh, get a shared cab for sora sora is the local name for cherapunji mm-hmm. uh, so cherapunji is almost 2 hours away from shillong and shillong is again just 2 hours away from guwahati so in total just 4 hours of journey from guwahati so reaching cherapunji was quite straight forward that way okay. uh, again uh, i hadn't booked the place for myself but i read about a place which used to be hostel earlier However, the owner has no longer uh, kept the hostel or the dorm site of the place anymore because he didn't like the kind of um, people or the customers he was getting there. So right now he just maintains two different rooms, which are again very budget friendly. So I had mm-hmm. this one one entire room to myself. It was super clean, and that would just cost me five hundred bucks per night. And that's plus good. The what's the What's the name helpful. of the homestay? Ah, uh, so it's called By the Way. <laughs> Okay, interesting. And in fact, it's on the way to uh, the double decker route bridge, uh, the non-Garihat side oh, of yes, Meghalaya. Yes. Right. So I right. think the name also pretty much justifies. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, so I just use Google Maps, and it took me almost thirty minutes from uh, the taxi uh, stop till by the way homestay. That's great. And yes. what else is there to do apart from the double decker bridge? Uh, what were the yes, highlights yes. for you? Sure. So funnily enough for me I expected that Cherapunji being Cherapunji there would be a lot of rain involved yes, but yeah. uh, interestingly enough uh, when I reached there it didn't rain at all uh, for any other 3 days that I'd spent there so okay. as much as I could gather from the localites over there that uh, this was the time of the year when it doesn't rain in Cherapunji so okay. Cher- uh, rain usually begins uh, somewhere around March every mm-hmm. year then it goes on till uh, somewhere around uh, i think september october so luckily enough i was there in the very short duration when it doesn't really rain there uh, so i trekked to the mouth of one of the tallest uh, waterfalls that they have over there no kalikai falls so i had trekked to the mouth of that fall and it's again a very risky trek not a very challenging one but definitely very risky for example even though i've been on a lot many treks i've never felt this scared at all while i was doing this short trek 
um and after i completed that trek and when i went back and then i took a look at this fall it looked real scary to me because in fact you should also check out the picture of this fall you can never believe that someone is capable of trekking till the mouth of that fall so wow, really? that was a yeah that was a very interesting experience and i think many people even trekked from this fall no kalikai fall to the double decker road bridge apparently these two places are very close by but i was not very aware of that so i mm-hmm. couldn't do that um so i went to no kalikai falls the very first day and the other day i'd gone to see the seven sisters fall since mm-hmm. i told you that this was the non rainy season uh, yeah. the water level in these falls was not uh much up to the mark because of which i could not very easily make out uh, the seven different waterfalls which were there um other than that they also have very good caves around those places one can explore the different routes and ways which ever are there in those caves so i'd been to mosmai cave which is pretty easy to uh, navigate on your own okay uh, arava cave is a tricky and challenging as a result of which uh, my driver bhaiya bill he helped me navigate that place and it gets pretty dark in there and there are many multiple routes so i think it is very important to stay cautious of the route uh, one is taking and it's better to be with a guide or some localite who knows that place well uh, and one, uh, like it gets super dark but if you put on the torch you can see that those caves have fossils uh, lined uh, lining the walls so those can very easily be seen and that's um, like one of the highlights that i had from those caves also there are very uh, uh, creepy crawling creatures uh, on the wall because it's continuously uh, getting water from some nearby water source which are also then uh, running into some waterfalls so oh, okay. that okay. again being the reason yeah and uh, how do you find uh, localites and local guides are they easy to find or do you have to search uh, for them so uh, because i didn't have much time for uh, this place chera ponji so as a result of which i was not able to use public transport for my commutation around that place so i had to uh, book one entire cab for the day so i think they have a fixed charge and irrespective of how many places you visit the charge for the entire day is fixed so you have to pay somewhere around 2000k for the entire day and you can visit as many places as you want so you can cover the entire sohra in just a day if you want to for example the very first day when i went i just went to no kalikai falls whereas the next day i almost covered around 7 8 places so it That's was great. the same charge yeah. yeah and i think my most favorite waterfall from uh, meghalaya because meghalaya is mostly known for the waterfalls Mm-hmm. uh so even the no kalikai fall is like super famous but i like way sodong uh, the most so it's a very beautiful waterfall and it's not very easily accessible because one needs to um like trek for almost 15 minutes 15 20 minutes to reach that place and it's super beautiful that's great i didn't know there were so many places to uh, yes. visit in chirapunji first of all so thank you for that uh, <laughs> yeah. so after chirapunji where did you go next So after Cherapunji, I went for uh, non Garihat, where I could see uh, the this double decker road bridge and the Rainbow mm-hmm. Falls. So it's a one day long journey at least. Some people usually spend the night there in the forest, and they try to get a much more wholesome experience of that place that way. Mm-hmm. But since I had limited time, I could not indulge in that. And also, I would like to add to that. Uh, I think many people wonder. Uh, 
like if they have to see milky way they have to head to the mountains right mm-hmm. but yep. this place has such clear uh, night i believe when it's not raining that even mm-hmm. i could spot milky way from there so yeah and also these places are pretty close to bangladesh border so mm-hmm. i'd been to some of the places from where i could see the city lights of our neighboring country so it's pretty close by that's amazing Hmm. So uh, after Cherapunji, where did you yes. go next? So next, I headed for Shnong Pedang, mm-hmm. and for that again, I had to uh, track my uh, journey back to Shillong, and from there, I had to take a shared cab or Dauki. Now, mm-hmm. Dauki generally gets pretty crowded, and I was almost stuck in traffic for almost uh, one hour long. After which, my driver Bhaiya suggested that it might be better if I walk from uh, this point of traffic jam till uh, Dauki. so mm-hmm. that is what i did and from dauki again uh, i had to take a cab till shnong pedang so dauki is pretty popular many people go to dauki uh, mm-hmm. however i don't think uh, as many people know about shnong pedang which is just 7 kilometers away from dauki so that is why i decided to spend my time in shnong pedang and not in dauki uh, and again dauki is where we have the indo bangladesh border so mm. again uh, that being the reason why many people uh, visit dauki uh, now in shnong pedang uh, so generally there is this river umgot river and mm-hmm. the water of this river is like super clear so apparently if a boat is uh, sailing uh, on this river it would look like that it is floating almost out of nowhere so it casts its shadow on this very clear uh, river water which apparently gives this illusion so that's why the water is super clear and you can almost see through the entire height of the river bed that sounds incredible yeah and many people also indulge in many activities like boat rides snorkeling zip mm-hmm. lining i've also heard that people can do scuba diving depending on the month uh, around which they are visiting mm-hmm. also one can kayak and trek around that place that's great and how many were there many tourists when you went or uh, was it a... no not really i think okay so that place is not really very commercialized for example mm-hmm. when i went there there were around uh, i think at max 6 7 guest houses which were there and uh, in fact uh, this uh, guest house owner from homestay owner from sora he had recommended me a guest house in uh, shnong pedang um i met this owner of this guest house but he told me that his entire guest house was booked out for that day so but still he was like super helpful so he told me that he would pitch me a tent by the river side and uh, so that is what i went for then and uh, so i think even though there might not be a lot of guest houses like uh, people can always choose to stay in uh, tents by the river side that option is always available and i think around that time at max there would be 50 60 tourists around that area not many so it was That's quite great. yeah so i think you mentioned throughout your trip the people there the locals were super helpful to you so i think a lot yes. of travelers will find that very handy yes uh, yes i what think what other tips hmm. yeah go on no no i was just trying to just reiterate the same fact like the kind of people i think many of these people different people i talked about like the arunachali girls um the driver bhaiya i met in sora uh, like this guest house owner in chnong penang other than that also i think there were many other people who helped me a lot who were always concerned about how am i going to find a place to spend the night 
whether I'm, um, you know, meeting the right kind of people or not, they were always very concerned and they made mm-hmm. sure that uh, I could uh, get help from the right people over there. So, yes, super helpful people. <laughs> That's good to know. So, apart from that, we also want to encourage travelers to be responsible while they're mm-hmm. traveling. So, what tips would you give them when they're visiting there just to keep in mind the local sure. culture and not to offend anyone there? Sure, sure, sure. Thanks. So, uh, I'm not sure if many would have heard about the different tribes which innovate these uh, parts of our country. So, mm-hmm. for example, there are uh, Apathani people in the Tawang side in the Arunachal Pradesh. Uh, so I think for people who might not have seen those tribal people, it might look a bit uh, different or alien to them as a result of which I think many of the tourists, they try to get pictures clicked with them, which at times might offend their uh, yeah, culture yeah. or their uh-huh. sentiments. So mm-hmm. people need to be very careful about that. I think even some of the tourists, they are not very sensitive and they might even be making fun of their culture, which is mm-hmm. very uh, not very nice. Also, many people believe uh, or try to make fun of the eating habits of which they are not very familiar with. So, for example, these Arunachali girls, the moment I met them, they were like telling me, you know, we don't eat dogs. They thought maybe I have that sort of a preconceived notion about them. So I think, uh, yeah, so I think it is very important to be tolerant about people who have a different sort of culture it is very much important and especially while visiting northeast india because uh, as many people would know like many a times they do feel that uh, most of the indians don't consider them as a part of india and they think right. that they are right. much yeah. closer to the other country than they are to the rest of india so mm-hmm. it is our responsibility to make them feel that no they are a part of the same country we all belong to the same country so that's very much required that's very true. That's very well said. Now, uh, I'm sure listening to you talk about your solo trip. Sorry, uh, Rohan. Uh, sorry, Rohan. I, I would also uh, like to add something more to that. I think yeah, you also talked about uh, yeah. being able to uh, travel responsibly. So when I was in Tawang, I saw that that was such a beautiful place. But there was a lot of, you know, uh, trash almost mm-hmm. uh, spoiling the beauty of that place. So, yeah, yeah. um I think uh, it is up to us tourists to ensure that the beauty of a place uh, remains the way it is. So generally, while traveling, I ensure that whatever trash I have with me, I would either dump it in a dustbin or I'll carry it along with me back to a place where I can find a dustbin. Uh, In fact, some of the localites over there are are also, you know, at times not very uh, sensitive about that. For example, this driver Bhaiya with whom I was getting back to Kohati, he would just throw away the poly bags out of the window. So I had to tell him that he shouldn't be doing this. And to my surprise, after a while, he stopped doing that. In fact, he was keeping all the poly bags or whatever little trash that he had inside his vehicle so that he could dump it later in a dustbin when he reaches Kohati. So I think even when we see people who are not following uh, these responsibilities well, we need to maybe educate them at times. Those people could also be localites. I think we should not be forcing our uh, value system on them, but at the same time, it's okay to share our point of view with them. That's absolutely right. I completely agree. It's also important to do that so that other travelers who want to visit the place get a, get the true sense of what the place is like without uh, looking yes. at the trash. So very, that's yes. very well said. 
Now, and we as uh, Indians, we always are complaining that India is not as beautiful, and hence yeah. most people head out of India to, you know, exactly, um, exactly. experience uh, a true vacation. I believe that is completely not required because India is again very beautiful. It's up to us to responsibly maintain a tourist. Exactly, spot. exactly. That's right. Now, uh, Aswita, I'm sure a lot of our tra- lot of our listeners will, after hearing you about your adventures solo, they'll want to travel solo. So, do you have any tips, especially for solo travelers who will be all set to go yes. once this uh, lockdown ends? Do you have any sure tips for thing, them? Sure thing. So uh, generally, I'll uh, take inspiration from my experience and I'll try to suggest that initially maybe people are scared or at times they are worried about their own safety, how comfortable they might be uh, in a group of strangers. I think generally these are the most common uh, concerns that most solo travelers have. Yeah. So I would suggest uh, that it's always important to take baby steps in the beginning. Just Mm -hmm. challenge your comfort zone a little at the beginning. Just do things which you are comfortable doing, but at the same time, uh, do challenge yourself a bit. So that every single trip, you get more and more confident. You grow as a person. For example, initially, I was very worried. Uh, So I would always book my place of stay in advance. That is the one thing that I'd always ensure without that I would never go to a place but right now for example based on this northeast journey I can tell you that now I need not book a place in advance I feel pretty comfortable going to a place even without knowing that I don't have a stay decided already for that place so I think it's after all a journey for your own self so you need to understand what you are comfortable doing and what you're not and always trust your instincts if you are not comfortable doing something or some person sounds fishy or you're not feeling too comfortable getting a help from a certain stranger it's always best to avoid that mm-hmm. rather uh, avoid a certain experience never become too adventurous and do something that you are not very feeling secure about doing so that is very important to keep in mind and there for example the theory that i believe in that the places are always going to be there uh, even if you don't visit a place in the way that you want to right now, you can always come back and explore it again. So, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think when you're on a solo trip also, in my personal experience, your senses get heightened and you automatically, you you have to trust yes. your intuition about certain things. So yes, that's, that's absolutely super important. Right. Yeah, yeah. And right. uh, what would you say is the budget for your trip? Uh, if someone is planning a trip, uh, uh, how much could they keep aside? Okay, so for example, I think most of the money that I spent for Northeast India, like Tutawang, Nong Pedang and uh, Therapunji, mm-hmm. most of my money went in booking the flight ticket. Because mm-hmm. as I told you, I booked at the last minute. So it does get pretty costly mm-hmm. if you don't plan your trip in advance, especially when it comes to airfare. Other than that, uh, while I was commuting there in Northeast India, because it is not very well connected, it uh, right now it is not very solo traveler friendly. Because most people, most of the tourists who are visiting these places, they are either family travelers or they are a group of friends who okay, usually go okay. to these places. So mm-hmm. backpacking is still a new idea to them. Solo traveling most definitely is. For example, many people, they're like super worried. Why was I doing that over there? So uh, I think uh, usually my... Uh, spend for the night would be somewhere around 600 bucks a night Mm -hmm. Uh, for eating I would eat the local food and it would 
बेली बी कॉस्टिंग मी अराउंड थर्टी फोर्टी रुपीज पर मील इन मेघालय वेर इज इन इन तवांग इट वुड कॉस्ट मी अराउंड फिफ्टी सिक्सटी बक्स However, mm-hmm. if you want to go for like super touristy food, like for example, if you come from north of India and you want to have North Indian meal over there, then definitely the cost per meal would go high. It might go as high as four hundred, five hundred bucks per meal. Okay, okay, got it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, if you go for public transport, again, it's going to be super cheap. Um, I think the most expensive uh, transport which I had. throughout my entire journey was from guwahati to tawang and vice versa uh, so that costed me somewhere around 750 bucks for the entire end to end journey other than that i think uh, from shillong to sohra or ushnong pedong it would just cost me around 200 250 bucks for the journey if i decide to go for uh, the shared taxi option that's good to know i think that's perfect for a budget traveler yes yes so i think uh, the key thing for budget traveler is to have a lot of time in hand so once you have a lot of time then you can decide to you know uh, avoid a more expensive route and decide to go for a more cheaper option later mm-hmm. so uh, aspeta where can you listeners uh, keep track of your adventures going forward uh i think i'm super active on instagram and mm-hmm. uh, if they want they can follow me there on instagram and keep up with my travel stories mm-hmm. uh, so i am there as uh, the dot travel dot free also mm-hmm. i've lately started my blog and they can take a look at my travel stories over there so it's um, known as stories of the travel freak dot com Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so that's... yeah we we'll link that we'll link we'll put those links in the show notes for this episode and uh, okay. if you're listening i can personally vouch for the quality of pictures that asmita puts on her page it's really very vividly captures uh, the trip she visits so it's worth checking out for sure thank you so, thank you so much rohan <laughs> yeah That's asmita thank you, you to say. thank you so much asmita for coming on the show i think uh, i've had a treat talking to you i am sure our listeners would have much even bigger treat listening to you talk So thank you so much it's really been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you thank you so much in fact thank it you. was my pleasure to talk to you and talk about my travel uh, memories with you so yeah, yeah my thank pleasure you so much. entirely thanks thank so you. much thank you bye stay safe bye. everyone you too If you enjoyed my conversation with Asmita and want to listen to more such episodes from the show Do subscribe to our channel. We are on Spotify, Castbox, iTunes, or wherever else you listen to the show. We'd also love to get to know you better, get to know your experiences, your stories, your journeys across India. Do share your thoughts from your trips on our Instagram channel. We are at India Chalo on Instagram. You can also follow us there for regular updates on the show. I can't wait for you to hear our future guests. Stay tuned.